Yourself. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Go Flix Yourself. My name is Ben Conowitz, and with me, as always, is the butters to my Eric Cartman, Brad Roman. Uh, that's me. No, you're the butters. Uh, that's me. <laughs> that's Eric Cartman. No, this is Eric Cartman. What's butters? Uh, it's me, butters. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the worst butters. Uh. Oh, that's like the margarine. Marjorie. Taylor, Taylor Green. Taylor Green, yeah. Hey, and it's the, you know, it's the Stan Marsh to my Eric Cartman, because you always keep me on the straight and narrow. You're always trying to be better than me. Stan Darsh. It's I don't know Nate if I've got a good Stan impression. Give me a good, you seem to have them all, Brad. It's, what just, is a, it? it's just a high-pitched voice. I just say, I just don't think just, I can do dr- it. Yeah, just right. you have to get your balls tiny to do it. <laughs> I don't think they can. Ben, help him out. Uh, <laughs> hey, 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 guys, yeah, it's me, Stan Marsh. Like, I, I need to do this alone in the car a couple times before I can <laughs> Yeah, no. no, no. <laughs> Story in Nate's life. I got to do this in, alone in my car uh, for a little for bit. For a little bit. And then I'll, do, I'll give my best stand, I'll come back. <laughs> well, gee, gee, Eric, uh, it's me butters. That's, that's, uh, that's my butters. Uh, so. What? Hey, let's do our ben, best Ben. Go. What? Hey, everybody, it's me, Ben Conowitz. <laughs> uh, thanks for the go fix yourself. Whoa. <laughs> what are you, really? My name's Ben Conowitz. What the hell? That's so rude. Hey, have you ever seen my small penis? <laughs> Whoa, what the hell? <laughs> Where is this coming from? <laughs> we had a good conversation off the air, and I thought we were going to have a good podcast. You guys are coming out of nowhere with this shit. This sounds pretty good to me. No, <laughs> this is... is- I mean, it was dead on. I Nate. worked on this in the car before I got in here. <laughs> he, he got some of the nuances. <laughs> I'm not telling you guys. It's a very layered you impression. Got, you yeah, got, you got to be real mean. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. And we talk about movies. In the last movies you saw, we talk about trailers. We talk about a little trivia. We talk about this. We talk trailer about that. Time. Yeah. It's not trailer time. It's not trailer time yet. Uh, Brad, did you bring a sponsor this week? Do we have a sponsor for today's Go Flix Yourself? Oh my gosh, Ben, do we have a sponsor? Of course we have a sponsor, my friend. How do you think we are getting paid for this? <laughs> now, Ben, let me ask you something. Do you like fair season? I mean... I... Like county fair? Yes. Yes. You like going to the county fair? Sure. You like, like getting yourself some fair food? Yes. What do you like to get when you go to the fair? Yeah, what uh, do you like? I actually, I, uh, I like to get the, uh, the the barbecue, I go to the barbecue tent, I get the, the, the barbecue parfait. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. and, and for the people who may not know, what is the barbecue parfait? It's it's like a it looks like it's a parfait uh, that you would get at, at, at like a McDonald's, let's say, in like a cup. Yep, in a cup in a plastic cup. But instead, it's layered like mashed potatoes and barbecue uh, rib tips, brisket, and brisket and things, and it's layered. barbecue sauce. Yeah. It's it's disgusting and it's fair food. And I love it absolutely. How about you, Nate? I I, I like the steak tips with the potatoes. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, a good those one. Are some of my favorites. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm a big uh, fried Oreo fan. Who isn't? I've never had a fried Oreo. Oh, dude, you're missing out. No, I just, I just don't think you don't need the me. cholesterol. Trust yeah. me, you're gonna love it, and you're gonna want to live it. No, uh, don't do it. Nate, don't do speaking it. of fried goods, uh, from Did from, you bring from something, the, something fried. Guys, I brought uh, an elephant ear. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole fried ear. Uh, no, so uh, there's there's a new flavor of uh, Flips chocolate covered pretzels out there, and there's there's actually two new flavors that are inspired by the State Fair. One of them is strawberry shortcake. Didn't bring that one for you. I see, that sounds delightful, Brad. Did you bring yeah, that? Great. This I, one, this one, I think actually should still be okay though. This one, this is a uh, uh, carny gum found <laughs> on the ground. Flips. <laughs> this one is corn on the cob. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, it's churros, churro flavored oh, covered I, pretzels. I do like cinnamon and sugar. Yeah. So. so here, Ben, go ahead and reach on over here. Get yourself a 
Take a little a morsel of that. Yeah, get, get yourself a, a little, little smidge. Churro covered pretzel and get some over there to Nate. Get some in his his little paw there. Oh, so this churro has uh, chocolate. Do all churros have chocolate on them? No, all churros do not have chocolate. You can typically get chocolate uh, dipped churros uh, when you get them from the fair or whatever. I'm sure. It's, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm smelling it. I am doing the kind of wine taste of the. You're doing uh, the, the the waft before the nose. You wish you had more time in your car to prepare for this. I get it. Yeah, this is actually very good. Yeah, it's really bad. good. No, it's good flavor. Bad. Good job, Flips, and thanks for uh, wholeheartedly sponsoring Go Flicks Yourself by sending us a check that we cashed for real money, so we can afford to keep doing the show for you, the lovely people. It's definitely the the, the cover, the the, the churro flavored. Um, Coating has like a, a cinnamon, cinnamon sugary like blend to it, but doesn't feel grainy or anything like that. It's a very creamy mix. I like it. It just says Flips State Fair with a blue ribbon on it. Yeah. Okay. Delicious. Where did so, you get it from? Uh, I found those at uh, Michaels of all places. Sometimes they have good treats at Michaels, but the, they have they have those at um, what is Michaels? The the craft store. Well, you've never been to a Michaels before. I don't think I have. That's uh, they got, that was a furniture store. <laughs> they, got, they got good deals on frames. That's where I like to go. But uh, yeah, they have. I found it there. They also have them at Sam's Club, and that's where you can find the strawberry shortcake ones. They're probably popping up in convenience stores too, like Seven Eleven and that kind of stuff. So feel free to seek them out. I'm glad you guys uh, had a nice, nice little boner for them. Yeah, thanks to the Flips Company. It's not what I have for them. Well, that's one of the new things that I'm trying out for people. I want to ask them if they have a boner for certain foods. Don't. Why? That's, that's, that's my feedback. Don't. How come? Uh, it's just it's not for everybody. You, you you will get canceled. I'm not asking kids. <laughs> kids, what gives you boners? Kids, you got a boner for this uh, for this lollipop I just gave you? Ugh. Oh. Wait, that's you. You had to that's pick something dark. to suck on? No. Oh, oh my god. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Nasty. <sighs> you know, weird. We're gonna get canceled. Hey, you the lollipop. <laughs> Why do I sound like Jabba the Hutt mixed with Eric Cartman? That ben? That sounded just like Ben. <laughs> what are you doing? Did you close your eyes for a second? You thought it was me? <laughs> I don't sound like that guy. <laughs> I can't wait for this podcast to be over so I can get some churros in my mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> These are assholes. You're both assholes. You just couldn't. Did you talk about this before the show? You're like, let's get together and just be like, let's do an impression of Ben. Putting churros in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing this to yourself. I'm a man's Ben. What's wrong with you guys? The things that you say are way worse than the stuff that we make what? up. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> Nate, what's the last movie you saw? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I saw a couple movies. Yeah, Nate, um, what's the last movie you did? <laughs> Fucking asshole. Hey guys, I did see some movies though. All right, let's let's transition here. First one I saw was Peter Pan and Wendy, a uh, new movie out on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't loved a lot of the Disney remakes. I think we talked about this somewhat recently. Um, I haven't loved a lot of the Disney remakes. I think some of them are okay. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this one. It was very well done. Uh, I liked it better than I thought I would. Yeah. If if you're not if you're like me and you haven't loved a lot of the remakes, Lady and the Tramp wasn't great. Um, you know, th- there's only really been a couple of them that have been very good. Um, and I think where Disney has excelled in this taking animated, you know, features into the actual real space is the ones like, um, I, I really liked Cruella. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think the ones that have succeeded. I liked Christopher Robin was, I thought was good. And the cute. ones that have succeeded are the ones that aren't just remakes They're of derivative the animated ones. Of, yeah. Right? They just, they kind of take liberties and do something different. So this one 
does a little bit different. Yeah. It, it's it's. I heard a review that said it's a lot more woke, which I mean, because again, all, <laughs> not all the lost boys are boys kind of thing. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's very well done, and I was glad I watched it. I would probably watch it again. Um, second one I watched was Renfield. Uh, we we reviewed the trailer here. I think one, maybe both of you guys saw that, did you? I, I just talked about it on the last episode, yeah. I think it was. I haven't seen it. Um, I, I watched that one. This one's hard. I don't know, Brad. This one's hard for me to review. I liked the film. Yeah. Were you scared? <laughs> did you watch it with the lights on? I was not scared. Um, I liked it, the film. Did you watch it with Finn? Were you around? I, wa- I did watch it with Finn. What did I Finn watch think? It with my son. He, he liked it quite also, a bit. Also, can we get him on the show? Yeah, he'd love to come. Would he, would he come on for real? Uh, but get ready. He's going to talk more than I will. Um, so Good. He's, he's got opinions. Um, Good. We both liked it, but it felt like... So we, it, it, we were talking, he's like... I kind of sixty percent liked it, and it felt like there was an eighty percent there somewhere, right? Like yeah. there was something missing mm-hmm. that would have just, and it probably didn't even have to do much there. I don't know what it was, so but Brad, got it up to your, like an eighty percent. Your critique of it was that it was a little too much of an action movie, where it yeah. could have been a little weirder. And I felt, I, yeah, I felt like it could have gotten weirder. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly kind of like a bloody action film. Like there, there's like gore action almost, you know, with some of the the blood and stuff like that, and that didn't bother me. It Brad, was, did you see Day Shift? No, not yet. Okay. I was going to compare that a to Netflix that. one. Was it is an, Jamie yeah. Fox and yep. Dave Franco, and it's was a vampire movie. Uh, I, I watched the first half an hour of it and then kind of lost interest. Yeah, that's I heard it wasn't great. Nah, but, so I did want to, uh, but I I enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, I, I certainly uh, you should probably see it if you. I mean, it's not the worst movie I've, I I saw at all, and I enjoyed it. I, I think if you see it, you'll probably feel the same way that Brad and I did. Um, there was a great movie somewhere in there that they didn't quite hit. Yeah, but it was still a pretty good movie. Um, and the last one I think we'll probably talk about a little bit. I did see Guardians of the Galaxy, but we can save that for our own section if we want. Just yeah, I would like uh, I would like to dig into some spoilers with yeah. that one. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll save that so that we'll if you guys want to fast forward that to a separate section, uh, we'll, we'll save that and let you know when we do that. The film I was uh, assigned was by my buddy Benny. The movie I saw was Pitch Black that was released February eighteenth, two thousand, the year that I graduated high school. Wow. Yep, and That's so four years before I graduated high school. You guys know this. Old no fuck. one cares, Brad. We're talking about the cinematic <laughs> classic that is Pitch Black. Did you guys like the film Aliens? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you like the film Aliens? Guys, too? let me ask you: How do you feel about the Empire Strikes Back? Hey, there are some haters. Also, did you enjoy? Did you, the wait, film no, no. You Aliens just said, did you like 2? Aliens, and then did you like Aliens Two? What about Aliens Three? Okay, okay. First, the first Let's, movie is called Alien. So it's Alien. Second movie is called Aliens. The third movie is called <laughs> Alien Three, and then Alien Resurrection. Yes. And, and then, then what? Prometheus. Prometheus. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on, because there's Alien vs. Predator. Uh, hold a- on, Alien vs. Predator hold Requiem. On, Did you like Aliens 3? Uh, not really, no. It's it's no, the it's, it's quite it's, the departure. Yeah, it's... Uh, Would you like better, Pitch Black or Aliens 3? Pitch, pitch Black. Because Pitch Black was actually the, the first script for Aliens 3. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was a little bit different, but this was uh, the, the person that made... Was uh, Vin Diesel going to be played by an alien? David Tui, I think is his name, mm-hmm. is the one that uh, directed and wrote this uh, film, and he actually was hired to write the initial script for Aliens 3, and so obviously this isn't Aliens 3. It was, though, a lot of what he wrote for that script mm-hmm. was brought into Pitch Black, which, again, if, if you see Pitch Black, you can probably see a little bit of elements in there, but um, the horror elements. So Pitch Black is a film that was... Uh, it, it's kind of a little hard to describe. So it's like Vin Diesel's like third or fourth film. He's really young in this, and he is a 
convict that is being transferred throughout space um, by a, a young Cole a Hauser. A very young Cole Hauser. And I, I tell you this. With a drug addict. I, he's a drug yeah, addict. Who, who, who shoots cocaine, I think. Or, it's some or sort of thing. In his eye, um, which was his idea, by the way. Um, but Cole Hauser, I, I watch Yellowstone, or I've seen Yellowstone, very different looking and sounding now sure. than he did back then. So I, it actually took me a second to realize that's Cole Hauser. And so um, they are transporting throughout space. There is uh, essentially a wreck, and they get put on this uh, uh, planet. And the planet has like three suns or two suns. It's constant sunlight. But when there's an eclipse, which an eclipse is coming, monsters essentially come out. And in the initial script, it was ghosts, by the way. I did Whoa. read this. Yeah. Um, ghosts. So the monsters, the monsters come out, but then uh, Vin Diesel's character, Riddick, is equipped because he had prison surgery yep. because he used to be yep. in a prison that was all dark, and so a, a prison doctor made him able to see in the in the in the dark. But also, he if he would be so open, he wears these kind of goggles, goggles because yep. he if he opened his eyes uh, in in the light, he would go blind. So he's got to wear the goggles, but he can see in the dark. So to, to kind of summarize Ooh. this film, though, is um, you know people it, it, it's it is. It's on the border of almost a monster horror film because there are some jump scares in here, right? Um, it doesn't. What I didn't love about it is it it doesn't have any. And at this point, I think in the early two thousands, late nineties, um, I guess Independence Day did. It doesn't have a ton of humor in me in there, and right. I, I would have appreciated. This is definitely more of a straight up trying yeah, to make it an action film. Exactly, I would have I think appreciated somebody in there that was a little more. I really like Keith David in this film. He's great. Well, who did he play? Uh, he's the the cleric. Oh, the imam. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, it's great though. He did certainly not have a lot of sons living um, <laughs> at the end. But uh, um, I, I enjoyed this film. I don't love space films, as you guys know. Space terrifies me. Um, <laughs> uh, but it 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 was it was fine. It it is like I said. I would have preferred a little more. I don't know. There, there's something missing in it. I, I don't love Vin Diesel. Honestly, I'm just not a huge Vin Diesel. So fan. back back then in 2000, when I was just first finding out about this guy because of this, and then Fast and the Furious, the first one, um, I began. You know, he's he was like, oh, I'm like, is this the next you know Schwarzenegger Stallone? Yeah, yeah. And I can understand hero, why you would think you that. Know. Yeah. Uh, and and so I really liked this. I really liked this movie when it came out. And and I understand because it, it seems very like um, locked in time. This seems like a very 2000 movie for sure right um so when you go back and watch it you're like vin diesel what was ever the thing for us like why did we all of a sudden start loving vin diesel he's not great um, no it, it's it's very paint by numbers yeah his performance is nothing to write home about it wasn't a bad movie i actually enjoyed it for the most part um the, like mo- said, the, the, the one scene where he puts his face like between the aliens like nose and he like goes back and forth i remember watching it being like that's that's actually a really cool scene you know, the one thing it doesn't necessarily do, though, is a lot of these films, they start with this kind of rough and tumble guy um, who you don't know if you can trust or anything. But by the end, they've kind of redeemed themselves. His redemption arc's not that great, No, the, the, so I'm sure he, he that doesn't was, become the hero necessarily, though he does some heroic things. By but, design, I think they were trying to be like, we want you to keep guessing, will he leave them on this planet or not, if yeah. you get the opportunity. And the whole time you're thinking, he probably will leave these yeah. fucking people on this planet. Yep. And, I know and, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, I, I, I don't think he had some kind of like 
great moral transformation no. either. So, no. um, and I didn't. I haven't seen Chronicles of Riddick or anything like that. I don't know if the tone so, changes at all. What do you? So, uh, the the third one called Riddick mm-hmm. is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Chronicles of Riddick is the second one. Yeah. It's it's okay. I really do like the third one though. I think they're they are all good in their own ways. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think you'd be a defender of the second one. It's not. I mean, it's it's not. You know. Amazing or anything like that. Do you that. have a favorite of the three of the trilogy? I think Riddick is the best one, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, so they gave Vin Diesel the rights to the character for performing a cameo in Tokyo Drift. What? So the same studio, right, made Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and they said, Vin, if you do this oh. cameo, we'll give you the rights to the character that you've developed and you want to make these movies on. So they gave him the rights, so then he was able to direct what he wanted to do Damn. with the third movie because of that. And do you think that's the best one? It is. So is he a, is Vin Diesel a good director? He didn't direct. He didn't direct it, but he had he had say into what was going to happen okay. to the character, yeah. what they were doing with so it. He's a very yeah. involved producer. C- kind of like the fast se- Well, we've all we've series. all seen Bloodshot and, and that what how many Academy Awards did that make? Yeah, that was a big one, I think. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that one at his Inside the Edge studio for sure. So those are the films I saw, um, you know, I, I would definitely <laughs> I would, he, you should see Nate. Uh, he ends on the movie I gave him, and he's like, "These are the things." I, his hand just is so flippant, and uh, whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah, I would I see watch, him if I you want to see. Movie, it's like, yes, these are the films I saw. See him if you want to see. Yeah, him. and uh, right. next time Brad's gonna get a movie. Thank God. <laughs> That's how it felt, right there. Uh, this did feel like a very you movie, by the way. I'm Fuck like, off. I, it's from my childhood. You, you guys are both childhood. We were 18. No, you guys have both started telling me these have got to be movies that you used to love no, like, no, or love. And that I've never seen. So I'm giving you shit that I used to love and I might not hold up anymore, but now I'm getting shit on. It was movies that I used to love. It's back to, you know what? It's back to fucking shit. I'm just going to give you and it might be okay. It was fine. But after the last couple of years, though, I I watch a film. I'm like, oh, this is a Ben Conowitz film because I know the films you like and the films that you've enjoyed over the years. I like, I like, I like revenge films. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love anti-hero films. And I love action movies that are, are action comedies. Okay, those are the three that I really respond to. And adult films. I love porn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Braddy Boy, did you see anything this week? Hey, buddy, what'd you see? I don't watch any movies. <laughs> uh, How many TV shows do you want to talk about? Well, yes. let me tell you. It's, I have a Fuck off, television hey, shows. Ted Lasso's getting really good, by the way. It is. I w- no, 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 no. <laughs> God damn it. No, no, no. What'd you watch? I would know. I gave up. Would you? No, you whatever. didn't. I mean, no, I just haven't caught yeah. up, so I'm, I'm just behind. It's, it's getting really good, though. I'm just behind. What movies did you watch? Um, I watched uh, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you did, because I kind of want to see this film. Yeah. How was it? It's great. You, you'll, you'll love it. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, It is... Uh, for those of you that don't know, somehow it just felt weird for me to go to a movie by myself, seeing this one. Yeah, don't know? like no, that's. A, but it looks it looks good though. This, I mean, so if if you don't know, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Is based on a very famous book by Judy Bloom. It's it's a kind of like a, a seminal book that you you know like read, a rite of passage. Yeah, you read even if you're even if you're uh, a you know, read of passage. Uh, what. A lot of a lot of a lot of young girls read it when they're uh, they're tweens, becoming teenagers. Um, but it's it's often you know in schools too, where like boys will end up reading it as well. Uh, not in Florida. Uh, <laughs> well, they don't have any books in Florida anymore. Yeah, they say don't say bloom. But I do think uh, that this it's it's a book that like both boys and girls should read as teenagers. And the movie it's it's exactly the kind of movie I, I wish they made more movies like this because uh, I love coming of age movies. But a lot of the coming of age movies I like have some kind of 
uh, gimmick attached to them or there's something that makes it more than just a movie about just growing up you know like uh, Sing Street is he's trying to you know impress a girl and there's this whole uh, band element and that kind of thing and there's the, the kind of movies I like that are like that usually have some kind of thing that they're trying to do this movie is just about an 11 year old girl who is just growing up and trying to figure life out she is uh her dad is jewish her mother is christian she doesn't necessarily know uh like what what religion she she should be and she's trying to figure it out she's anxious to get her period because to her it signifies womanhood and growing up she's anxious to have boobs it's her and her uh, these three other friends are obsessed with doing it uh and it's just this great wonderful story about being a kid and like figuring life out and growing up and i wish that there were more straightforward coming-of-age stories like this for both boys and girls to enjoy and as silly as that is like it's hard to kind of remember a little bit again as i'm in i'm in my younger 40s ben is as well you're in your upper 30s to go back 30 years and remember the stressors and the anxieties you have and i'm sure for for girls right i mean guys we had our own stressors at that point too different things you start seeing your friends get these things and and there is a ton of anxiety there yeah and uh and so I, I, I do love the idea that um, they take a moment in history that maybe some of us are a, a lot longer away from. But, you know, there's a lot of us that still remember being a teenager and how awkward it was or preteen. Um, and, and they made a film of it. I think what's crucial in these films, though, is finding a kid actor that is compelling enough to do it that you yeah. that you latch on to. Is the kid actor famous, or is it like... Um, kind of. So her name is uh, Abby Ryder Fortson, and uh, you might recognize her, even though she's older now, is because she plays Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie, in the original oh, yeah, she's Ant-Man great. movie yeah, she was and, great and yep. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yeah. Um, she got fired. Yeah. And well, she didn't get fired. It's I just know. that <laughs> the character grew up and then was played by an adult. So she got fired. She got blipped. She got blipped. Yeah, she got blipped. She came back and was older, too old. And, but then that actress did get fired. Not <laughs> fired, but. Yeah, but Margaret Qualley, right? No, what? No, who's no, who's the. It's Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. So yeah. They're all the same. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a Ben statement. <laughs> Come on. No, even with. All even, no, hold on. They're all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> I don't even know what that. that that's not what you were doing earlier. That's what nobody was doing. Okay, that's not my voice. That's like Cookie Monster. <laughs> that's Cookie Monster seeing a bunch of different types of cookies. <laughs> They're all the same. That's not the same. They're all the same. The cookies are not the same. Cookies are not the same. Anna de Armas. But yeah, no, it's Nate. You you will definitely like like this movie a lot. Ben, you probably won't just because you know what the hell. <laughs> I'm a, I'm capable of watching something and growing as a person. I saw this with my mom, and my mom loved it too. You know, she she read the book when when she was younger, and and for her, you know, it's like it was reminded her of experience because it takes place in the '70s too. Um, but yeah, just it's it's a lovely movie. I, the one complaint I do have is I do feel like in the back half it kind of cuts some corners because the first half is very much centric on Margaret and her friends that she makes when she moves to to New Jersey after living in New York. And the second half kind of forgets about her friends until like the very end. Like, okay. it, it, and, and it's it's some of it is because the story is focused on her, but it just feels like all of a sudden like the friends aren't as involved in what's happening in her life, and there's like there's not really any particular reason. It just seems like it was convenient because of the story that they were telling. Uh, but it's still it's still very good. I enjoyed it very much. All right. Anything else? Uh, I was assigned a movie uh, by my friend uh, Ben Conowitz. Uh, ben Conowitz is a, a, a big Whitney Houston fan, and uh, he listens to all of her records, and he was like, he was like, Brad, I've never told you this, but one of my favorite movies of all time uh, is The Bodyguard. And So, 
I oh that's not true. Oh, all that is true except I'm the one that assigned it to yeah, you. Oh, I do love. I it. Oh, was it you? Yes, it was. Nate me. just got done saying I assigned him pitch black. Oh, that's right. But that doesn't mean anything. What? Yeah, he can he can still be uh, you know assigned a movie and and not no, assign I, you. I, I assigned you the bodyguard. Shh, I do love shh, the bodyguard. Shh, shh, shh. I like Whitney Houston. But Ben is a big Whitney Houston fan. What? <laughs> Uh, you made a mistake. I did. I know. I, I for I and the reason I did. You made a mistake, and it's crazy that you guys. That's not even the voice that we're doing. Uh, we're clearly evolving here. The yeah, Nate. Don't I was I was voice. thinking that because Ben was like, "You haven't seen the bodyguard? Oh yeah, watch the bodyguard." Well, I suggested, and then he's yeah. like, "You yes, you definitely. Yeah. Need to oh, absolutely. No, it, it's a great movie. It's it's Whitney Houston. Here's the thing. Uh, this movie is is pretty good. Um, I. Whitney Houston and, uh, is charming. No, Whitney Houston is great in this movie. Yeah. Let me let me get that straight. Whitney Houston is fantastic. This is her first movie. Uh, it is it is dominated by her songs. Uh, you know, it's like the soundtrack is full of her her voice. Uh, but she's also a good actress. Like, yeah, she, she is. She's good. You know who I don't think is a very good actor? Kevin, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah, not great. And I didn't even really. I've never really thought about this just because like I've seen movies with Kevin Costner, but I'm watching this movie and I sat there realizing like you know what he plays the same fucking character in every single movie. And the film has to be. Built around that character, yeah. he doesn't do well. Now, it is always a, a, a stoic character; doesn't show a lot of emotion. I brought it up earlier. Yellowstone. He's perfect in Yellowstone because he plays himself, mm-hmm. right? And so that's all he needs to do: be kind of a not curmudgeonly, but kind of a, an emotionless he, kind of yeah, exactly. Like, and a, tough and, guy and and, and every man appeal, yep. and, yeah. And and he does really well in that role. That role though probably isn't perfect for that. Um, yeah. It works. In I don't a sen- remember hating him in that. But it works in a sense because, as a bodyguard, the titular character, uh, he, <laughs> he he is supposed to be. <laughs> he said titular. <laughs> as the bodyguard, <laughs> he's supposed to be a little more detached and like all business and that kind of thing. That's part of his character. Hey, but but Brad, it made oh, me think. Does he stay detached? Kind of like he, uh, him and Whitney Houston's character fall for each other, but even during the parts that are like more emotional, he doesn't show much emotion. You know, well, it's because he's bodyguard. He comes to care for her, obviously, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, so you didn't love it. I didn't love it, and I, I I didn't hate it necessarily, but it's very paint by numbers. This is a kind of movie that they made a lot in the the yeah. late eighties, early nineties. These kind of like uh, somewhat steamy thrillers where there's like a romance involved, and there's somebody that's trying to kill somebody, and that kind of thing. And so it's it's a pretty you know simple story, that kind of thing. I, I think maybe part of it is just like suffers from there having been so many other movies like this and it you know it just being fairly formulaic and it whatnot wasn't huge though i remember yeah i, I know i knew it was, now it's a big movie yeah it was it was i just saw this the budget was 25 million box office 411 million so, in 1992 yeah that is huge right i, I, mean, I think that, is, that my, my mom went to go see this in the theater with different friend groups like four times this is yeah, like this was a huge movie huge for uh, and obviously the soundtrack was certainly part of it but, brilliantly uh, uh part of it but the this you're right. Not only was this the type of movie they made a lot of back then, but this was the best of them for for you know my mom, you know, and oh, her yeah. friend group. Like that, they yeah. all love this. Yeah, no, and and it's it's not bad by any means. You know, I I'm I'm not in love with it. Um, what was surprising to me was, uh, and this just goes to show you how like Hollywood has kind of shifted uh, over the years, is because the the some of the names attached to this movie on the crew uh, would not necessarily be attached to movies like this today. Do you know who Harvey Weinstein? Do you know who wrote The Bodyguard? I do because I just I'm on the Wikipedia. Hold on, page. wait, wait, hold on. I won't tell you, but I just reading it now. 
Shane Black. No. Shock. Oh. Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Who wrote The Whoa. Big Chill and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Emperor Strikes and Back. Empire, Empire Strikes yeah. Back. I would have never in a million years expect someone like Lawrence Kasdan to write in a movie like The Bodyguard. Yeah, because it's, I mean, the script is tight. Do you know who did the score for The Bodyguard? Uh, John Williams. No. Danny Elfman. Close, though. Alan Silvestri. Yeah. Alan Silvestri, yeah. who did Back to the Future and uh, Predator, the and, and the Pre- Avengers, he did Predator, and uh, what's that? He did Predator. What is that? You know what it is, <laughs> and I will not stand. Uh, but yeah, he Alan Silvestri is it, will not accept. Is a, a, a very famous composer. He's done some of the most famous themes, you like know, Predator. outside of John Williams, uh, and he did the the score for this. And it's and uh, one thing I did appreciate is this movie does have uh, aside from Winnie Houston's music a very classic action thriller kind of score to it especially when like Kevin Costner's running and chasing somebody like dun 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 and uh but yeah Kevin Costner sucks the uh Golden Raspberry Award founder John Wilson says this is one of the most enjoyably bad movies ever made. Like, so it, it only has like a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's I was not, surprised by that yeah. actually. But but it, it it's not the best movie, yeah. But it is very enjoyable. Kind of. <laughs> I think it's endearing. I think. I think it's because like it came from a time when I haven't rewatched it since it was, the nineties. Yeah, so. it was probably a pretty easy watch, and the stakes are not high. It's yeah. not a Winnie world Houston ending. was at the top of her game. Yeah, like it was yeah. again an incredible soundtrack. The scene yeah. where he literally lifts her up and takes her out is like that's iconic. Yeah, right? it's it's almost honestly that scene in the bodyguard is almost as iconic as when Patrick Swayze lifts uh, Jennifer Grey up. Yeah, you know, in that that kind of genre, right? There were two things that were very funny to me. The first one is, um, so early on in the movie, when they hire uh, or they want to hire Kevin Costner to be Whitney Houston's character's bodyguard, they inform him of something that has happened that they haven't told Whitney Houston yet, and that's that's somebody broke into her house, went into this room that they had set up to be a, a bedroom set for a music video that made it look like it was like an extravagant bedroom, but it's not really her bedroom. This person broke into the house um, and uh, masturbated on the bed and left a note. <laughs> so after they explain this to Kevin Costner, <laughs> Kevin Costner... Sniffs the sheets. No, what he's... Oh, sorry. He has a series of lines where he says, the house has been penetrated. Some, <laughs> someone someone came in and jerked off. And I'm just like, Jesus, they really got penetrated and jerked off into the same line? <laughs> <laughs> and then... Later on, this I did, this didn't make sense. Well, that's to me. classic Lawrence Kasdan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that old, was written by. Remember, remember Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's like the the temple has been penetrated. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Indiana Jones talking about beating off all the time. <laughs> um, but uh, later in the movie, there's a point when uh, Whitney Houston's kid they're they're trying to stay safe and be in this secluded in Kevin Costner's family cabin. The kid Whitney Houston's son gets into a boat and tries to like go off and like. Kevin Costner's like, oh my God, because he doesn't know how to swim. And so he chases him down, uh, runs off the pier, and jumps at him at the boat. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to jump into the boat to stop the kid. But he jumps, and he grabs the kid and goes into the water. Yep, as you do. And and so, like, that's that's fine. Like, that's a bit overdramatic. But then, when she he's saving the kid to bring him back to the pier... Whitney Houston is like, what the hell's wrong with you? He doesn't know how to swim. And it's like, he's fucking bringing him to the pier and just saved him. What are you mad at him about? I mean, probably because you pushed him into the water when trying to save him. Like, he was fighting the boat. But he, but he, no, he's not, though. That's the thing. It's because, like, he was driving out by himself and, like. In a boat. Yeah, but he doesn't know. He's, he's like, 10 years old, if that. But he doesn't have to know how to swim if he's in a boat. He's not going to stay in the boat, probably, because he's an idiot, though. They describe him as an idiot? They they were very clear. They were like, this kid is fucking stupid as hell. <laughs> and if he gets in a boat out by himself, he's going to drown. 
Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's one. Of the, Kevin Costner is a very blunt character, and so he lays that out for <laughs> Whitney Houston early on. Uh, but no, this I just both been penetrated by a ten year old. <laughs> Stop being a jerk off and get back to shore. Yeah, there's a lot of jerking off in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thanks, Nate. So the bodyguard for the bodyguard. But yeah, no, I'm glad I saw it finally. Um, Seven out of ten. Mm. <laughs> Would you say better than four out of ten though? Mm-hmm. Or, but or better than three point eight out of ten. Well, if it's better than four out of ten, it's I mean, by default yeah. it's better than three point. No, I said that because the written tomato score. Well, that's why I went with four. I just rounded up. Don't round. All right. Anything it was, else? It was, it was fine. Anything else, Reb? No, that's all. That's all. That's it. All right, Benny. What did you watch? I did watch Shrinking. We're not talking about that. Did you like it? Yeah, I like it. It's great. Well, but it? me, me and Brittany have been watching it long distance. Isn't about, Harrison Ford just like, the most charming, delightful person? I would have never expected him to take a role. Isn't like it this. so great yeah. though? He just, I just want him so badly Stop to it. call me champ. Right now, he's very good. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. We just finished it last night. Guys. We we finished the season last night. It's very good. And I've missed. I've missed. <laughs> fuck off, though. I've missed Jason Segel too. I Me know, too. Yeah. right? Yeah. Not that he hasn't been busy. He's been doing. What stuff. do we do? No, no, no. We're not I, doing. I, I, I haven't watched. I'm going to tell you. I got a big crush on Jessica Williams. She is great in this movie. Okay, okay. Have you it's seen? Not a movie. Have you seen? Uh, back to movies. Uh, the um, the incredible Jessica James. No, is it good? Yeah, she's the star yep. of it, and it's it's yeah, it's it's very very good. You should watch it. You would like it a lot. Anyway. Uh, I finished my uh Born trilogy. I did watch the Born Ultimatum to to cap that off. I think Born Ultimatum is the best one. Ooh, that's that's not necessarily a hot take, but I disagree. I think the Born Identity is the best one, just because it sets the yeah, stage I for everything. Say, it's, I, it's just really awesome. Born Ultimatum is the best one, though. <laughs> cool. Uh, did anyway. you watch it? Because it doesn't seem like you paid much attention to it. If you still think Born Identity is the best one. Because uh, Tony Gilroy is an ace filmmaker, and Born Ultimatum is the best movie it's in the franchise. Very good. So is Supremacy. Would you, would you say Ultimatum but, is the best one in the franchise? No, identity is. Anyway, I had a good time watching them. Born Ultimatum, top. <sighs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about Guardians. I saw that in the theater. Um, and the uh, Guardians of Gahul. Never seen that, but that's Owls, right? Yeah. Gonna keep going, or you don't like. Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul? No, I well, don't. Oh, well. Anyway, so I saw the Bourne Ultimatum. I saw the Guardians of Gahul. <laughs> but I watched this dumb movie called Dungeons and Dragons. The original from 2000? Yep. Yeah. Really terrible. <laughs> no, I watched the new one. Yeah, what'd you think? Yeah. Uh, it's long. It's it's too long. What? It's too long. But that being said, what? I had a You've good time You've been hating watching. on this no, movie. No, no. I'm, uh, listen, I really did enjoy it. Um, Chris Pine is Chris great. Pine's fantastic. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, she's so much is fantastic. Now. She's she's uh, man, she's a good actress yep. in this. Yep. actually, everybody's good. Um, it's so much funnier than it has any right to be. Like yep. it's so well written. There's so much going on. It that doesn't uh, preclude it from being a little too long, in my opinion. I read, but I, it's I, still very good. I saw that it's the most streamed VOD right now. Um, like it's at the top of all of the streaming, which I hope people are getting it because it didn't do all that well in the theaters. I, I was hoping to do better. I'm hoping it's, for a sequel, I mean, it's it's done but, decently, but not decently enough based on how much it costs. Yeah, exactly. And so, and I, I really would like a sequel. I want to visit these characters again. Yeah. Um, and in order to do that, it needs to do pretty well in VOD, I think. So, yep. um, and it is. It just, so. it was just a, a bit too long for me, but other than that, it was very good. Well, Nate and I thought it was the perfect length, and we enjoyed it very much. The perfect length? You didn't think it was long at all? 
I didn't think it was long, but I didn't notice it was long. I was yeah. Enjoy- like, I was never sitting there thinking, man, is this movie over yet? Yeah. No, it was enjoyable the whole time. I will admit that. But I also think that when they were, like, towards the end of the movie, they're, they're like, leading away from something. I'm like, oh, it's over. And then I go, well, there's still 30 minutes left in this movie. It was just weird. Maybe you just don't look at your clock. That's how I have to live my life. One quarter movie at a time. Well, see, that's the problem. All right. Uh, well, so we, we talked about the last movies we saw, except for you guys haven't talked about one of the movies, and this is one that I saw last week, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, the third in the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Uh, it's the end of an era. This is supposed to be the last movie featuring this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn has said this uh, numerous times, even before he took over DC. This was meant to be uh, the last Guardians movie he was going to do and the last one featuring uh, this team. Uh, so I was disappointed in this movie. I did. Uh, I, I was not a big fan. Uh, I had problems, and we'll get, we're going to get into the specifics of that here in a second after we find out what you guys thought. So uh, if you don't want any spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we are going to get into spoilers. So uh, go ahead and uh, just, just keep fast-forwarding, and uh, I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll put a time code uh, in the show notes so that you know when you can come back to listen uh, after the Guardians talk is over. So check the show notes, and if you don't want to hear any spoilery talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, you know what to do. So now we're going to enter into spoiler territory. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. That's okay. Not, okay, fuck. God damn it. What did you guys think? Nobody dies. Of Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody dies. Volume th- no one dies. Uh, you don't have to start with spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I counted it down, motherfucker. Nobody dies, and that's a big point of contention. Uh, I liked the film. Um, I liked it more than you did. Uh, I was, you and I had talked a little bit off the air that um, I was a little disappointed somebody didn't die. Not that I wanted any of these characters to die. The months, maybe even the, the year prior to this, in you know the film world, in the Marvel Universe world, film world, you know, a lot of us have been talking about who's going to die. And there's obviously everyone was convinced Drax dies, right? Or Rocket dies, or you know, somebody maybe even Quill, does Quill die kind of thing. Um n- nobody Ben is right, nobody dies. Um and the, I'm not disappointed because I wanted one to die. I'm disappointed because A, they flirt with it a little bit. And B, I, I just felt like it, it was okay. Like, I was ready for somebody to die. I wanted that final emotional moment. Some of the most emotional moments in film in general in the last many years are honestly Marvel deaths, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, you, you see some of these things happening, and you're like, okay, I like that Marvel isn't afraid to take the risk at times. They didn't. Now, Brad, you can, you can talk a little bit more about this. You had said that James Gunn had mentioned before that – He's not necessarily a huge fan of characters dying in films like not, this. Not necessarily that he's not a huge fan, but he just explained that he doesn't necessarily think characters need to die in order to, for there to be some kind of emotional resonance. He's, for him, it's the stakes that are most important, and as long as you can feel like the urgency and like the that there are stakes there and that somebody could die, that that is basically he like thinks that that that. It should be good enough, and you know. To, to be fair to him, I did feel that way. He's right. I did feel that way. There were high stakes, but at the, I, but at the same time, I do think that he, far too many times he kind of like makes you think that someone is going to die, and then they don't. Like it, to the point where it feels like he's trying to like trick you into like thinking that somebody's going to die, but then saving them, and that works every now and then. Uh, but like, but when there's no payoff, yeah, it feels like a uh, like a three card money. 
So I I just had recently, just this last week, watched the first two plus the Christmas special uh, with uh, Sunfin, and um, and I, I I'll say this: I think I liked the film better after watching those because the evolution of Rocket, which definitely this film is about Rocket, but you get the point where James Gunn says the whole thing is about Rocket, and you really get that if you watch them all together. Yeah, Rocket is the center of the story, and so. Um, when I when I when I understood that when I went into this, and Rockets, I mean, if you go back and watch the first Guardians of the Galaxy, you realize how angry Rocket is, yeah. how much he doesn't care, how much, and by the end, how much he cares deeply. Um, the thing that I love about television series, the thing I love about films, is character evolution, and I love how much Rocket's character evolved throughout this trilogy, and in ways that I didn't think were you know silly they they were actually um evolutions and then you got to understand in this one why he was so hardened yet when in the first one when Groot dies why he is so impacted by it and so for me the emotional resonance was there it wasn't on the surface i get that like you 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 kind of have to put the pieces of the puzzle together for me a little bit to get that emotional resonance and and it probably should have been a little bit more clear um, but it did a couple times in this film. I, I cried. It was just emotionally moving to me. See, for me, there are a couple of things that 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 work, and a lot of them do involve Rocket. His his origin story is is brutal. Uh, the moment when he loses his animal friends, you know, Lila and and Teefs and Floor. That's 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 hard. <laughs> Love those names, by the way. Oh yeah. That's uh, and they're, they're, they are genuinely sweet, yeah. right? I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with those yeah, four. Yeah, they're characters. gnarly but adorable, you know, because they've been you know uh, experimented on and turned into these you know strange strange versions of themselves. Listen, I saw the first Toy Story, <laughs> but I my my biggest problem is that the the structure of the film uh, kind of ruins any like of those emotional moments in a way because uh, it loses momentum the way it's cut, going back and forth between Rocket's story. And the current timeline where they're trying to save Rocket, it makes sense when you think about it on the surface level. It's like, oh yeah, like this is how you can tell a story. But the flow of the movie just didn't work for me. Like it felt like they would get going in the present day timeline, and then all of a sudden we flash back to Rocket's story, and then you would you'd be like involved in Rocket's story, and then all of a sudden we're back to present day again. And I just kept losing, you know, any momentum there was, and, so- and kept it hard to. I, to stay involved and connected. To this point, though, I didn't feel that way in that when they flash back, it was always showing Rocket in some kind of distress or something. They would start with him on the table or something, and then they'd flash him back. So I, but just, I still feel I like just the, thought they, were, they, they were showing what he was going through at the time. They weren't, oh, they weren't always, though. There were some th- times when that's when they did do cuts, but there were other times when something okay. happened unrelated to Rocket, even though, even though the entire plot is related to Rocket. Yeah. Where they all of a sudden they would just cut okay. back. To I, it, I didn't you know? catch that as I much do, as you did. I 100% agree that the emotional momentum of the entire film is so stilted by yeah. the back and forth that it does ruin what should have been an emotional arc for Rocket. Yeah. For me personally. I, I, I can't it, speak to anybody else, but what I will say is that when Rocket is on the table is incredible right in yeah. the, in the in the in the in the modern modern world or whatever they're at in the in the in the present present tense. Then they cut back. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, now we're building this up. And then they move on again. And when every time they cut back, I'll be honest, when he loses his friends, it wasn't very jarring. Like, oh, it was terrible. Oh, I did, I, yeah. yeah, I disagree with that. That that scene, that, that was the one of the scenes where I was like, I was like, oof. I, I was fine with it. Like I, I, I had a little emotion there, but 
so then cutting back to all of the deaths, like, so for me, we talked about this previously, um, not just with this movie, but when the marketing of a movie sets it up to be a certain thing and then that doesn't happen in the movie. I'm a big dummy. I, I, I fall for the marketing every yeah. time. So uh, we've, we've talked to it, uh, about this when it's uh, uh, like The Witch, right? The marketing is the scariest movie you've ever seen. And I'm yeah. like, this is a New England folktale. Okay. Uh, War Dogs. The, the trailer was this cut. This movie's good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're going to love this. And it's bad. Every single marketing thing was like, the last ride. What well, is? Someone's going to die. Well, no, they, they, no, never, they never said, said that. I know. Guys, Jesus Christ. But you know, they were like, he, they were hinting the whole time. Clearly, something's gonna happen. So, like you said, every time somebody is in peril, I'm like, oh, this is it, and it didn't happen. To be fair, oh, this is it, and it didn't happen. Why did I feel like though in this film more than others? Oh, they're gonna die. Oh wait, oh they didn't die because they did it like four times. Do you wonder though? I, I was wondering this, but in, that's bad. In, oh, I know. I didn't. I didn't like it. Uh, Sunfin brought this up. Do you think that maybe though? there was some pressure on this because apparently James Gunn was a little bit upset when Gamora died. Like, because again, Gamora didn't die in his film, right? That he wasn't necessarily wanting Gamora to die at that point. This wasn't, this wasn't an arc that he wrote. Um, that was an arc. They're like, deal with it. We killed one of your main I mean, to a certain extent, right? I mean, I mean, I don't, serves the story and I'm sure he didn't fight it, but like, yeah. um, it's so, for, so do you think though, well, and all that to say that, People above James Gunn can make decisions for characters, right? If it serves the story. So do you think that somebody, Kevin Feige, somebody above that said, we don't want these characters to die yet because we might have other properties we still want to use them in? No, because James Gunn himself has specifically said that like- He didn't want them yeah. to die. Okay. Well, then, and also there was no pressure from the studio to, okay. cha to change you know, anything like this. Also, the, the fact that Gamora 2, let's call her, uh, that's one of the better parts of this movie. Like I really enjoy. They don't it. fall in love. No, no, yeah. I, I love. Yeah, that. exactly. This is. Yep. This is about. Uh, this is about someone that I used to love has changed, and I don't know how to process this. And there's some of the best allegories and and metaphors for real life there. Holy shit! There was some really deep work being done in that role. I loved it. I agree. I I loved what they did with that. So I good. loved. I loved Peter's struggle with that. Right. It was uh, great. He did. Uh, uh, Chris Pratt did well again. I know there's a lot of hate for Chris Pratt online. He does. He he is born to play Star Wars. He's, Star -Lord. He's just so. He good. is Star Wars. Um, I, I love that. At the end, he goes home. Right. Um, I love that. That you know the. I, that's something that I, that was one of the things that didn't really like. I I didn't care about because if they had established in the first two movies that there was this longing from him like to, to go home or something like that. But like they bring it in so late here that all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Hey, your, your grandparents are still at home. Don't you ever think about them or what happened? Like, he been like 90. I don't want to go there. Wait and a minute. Guess what? He was on fucking earth in Avengers Endgame. He didn't go see his fucking grandparents when he was on earth in That's Avengers Endgame. We had a lot more going on. Never even thought about that, but that no, we had a lot more going on. They kind of won. They kind of won. Don't you think though? He didn't think about it. He didn't think about. That's the thing though. It's like, why, why wouldn't he? Though. Here you are. Nobody brought it up to him. But you here you are. No, I mean he left today. He's kind of dumb. Uh here you are thinking about all the things that you've lost. What about the people that lost things when you left? And I can understand he probably didn't he I can I can foresee I actually bought not into that a little that. bit. Like that he wouldn't I can have foresee looked at it not thinking that. Because he looked yeah. at it like it's been so long. He's so dead. Like why why would I go back? There's nothing where and then like 
he's doing the math and like somebody else brings it up and he goes, oh wait, he might be ninety. That, that, yeah, that, but they that could, he could still I didn't be alive. Think there was anything to go home to? Exactly. Right? I I, like, I actually did buy into that I, aspect. I, I, I didn't. What think, I, listen, what I, I really no. When you bring it up, I'm like I understand. What I really saying. didn't like though was the playing of like, are they going to die? Are they not going to die? When Peter Quill is in space and he gets the bloated face, I'm like, oh, that's how they're going to kill Star Lord. Ew. Hey, guess like, what? I wish they would have killed him. No, honestly. I looked at that moment. I go, well, this is a bit jar-. like it, it, that's the thing that took me out of the movie because w- they killed him so quickly I mean, in that movie. Kind of at the and end, then so. Adam Warlock comes in and saves him, and it's like, okay, fine. I guess he's not dying. Nobody's dying here. It yeah. just it got repetitive I, I and boring. That was the one one of the parts I didn't like was, oh, you're gonna yawn to him, right? Like you know, like and then uh, Adam Warlock comes in and saves over him, and but, over and over uh, the stakes. I, I think, speaking goes. of which, Adam Warlock, a pointless character in this entire. Oh, movie. you didn't like Adam Warlock? I didn't say that. I like the character. Yeah, I like I like the idea of him. He doesn't. Yeah. He he's useless in this movie, and there's nothing for him to do. He's it, he's oh, shoehorned in there it's, because it's too bad because Will Poulter does a great job, and uh, I I actually do like the character in itself. I like how dumb he is. I like. Isn't, uh, he a, isn't that called a Deus Ex Machina? Is he just the thing that moves the plot forward? Like he can go save Star Lord. I mean, he's the reason. Kind that, like, of. That's what they had him. Yeah, really. I mean, he's just he's, he's just like the golden briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I, I agree. Literally, though. you didn't need him. It's too bad because I hope I hope they create something for him. And you know, obviously, he's part of the. I feel like he's he, part of the new iteration of the Guardians. I mean, they have said they're not killing the Guardian franchise. No, yeah, they, but, yeah, but we'll see what happens. They, yeah. they they used him to fill a lot of plot holes that would have otherwise maybe not have been able to come through for he comes in at the last minute and, and and like you know uh tackles gamora he's the one that saves peter quill he, he they, they're using him as a plot filler in that moment i will say the biggest disappointment that i had in this film the entire time was that like they did the 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 deadpool 2 thing and the the thing they've done uh, countless times in so many of these movies where they're like it's just not your time yet and then, he, and then Rocket goes back. Harry Potter. The, oh my God, mm-hmm. that's the laziest fucking writing I've seen from James Gunn in quite a while. It, th- we all have to admit that that's a super big trope that I can't believe he used it. It's a super no? big trope, but for some reason they keep using it in all the films. But <laughs> you know, like, I, so I, I thought work. he'd be more clever to have a, 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 a at least some other sort of way yeah. to do yeah. that. It, yeah. it just was so easy. I don't know. Um, they do that. They do that with uh, Peter in the first one. Yeah. Well, not right. Really. Well, kind of where he sees his mom there, and but that's not that's not a thing where he's he's like actually in the like, dream state. Yeah, but it's they just do it's it just, in every movie, though. Yeah. Good lord. Um, but no, I want good Star Lord. One of my other uh, big problems with this movie comes from. It sounds like you really hated this film. I did. I honestly didn't hate it. Like, I, and I do want to see it again to see how it settles. Now that I know yeah, what I happened, actually, that kind of thing. You and I don't disagree always that much. I actually like this film. I genuinely like. I I don't hate it. Yeah. I'm just not a. I'm just not a big fan. Really. Yeah. I pl- still. I know, by the way, no one cares. But I don't know how I feel about it yet. I, I I liked enough of it where I think it's a good movie. But then I keep finding reasons where I'm like, oh, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. So I do I, feel like I, I need to see it yeah. again. Like I said, emotionally though, it hit me. It really did. Tonally, it's all over the place for me too. Like for 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 whatever reason, this time the mesh of emotions and humor and sci-fi action just felt all over the place to me. This movie felt like it was trying to do way too much. I would have much rather seen a, a third movie that did the Rocket origin story with your average Guardians plot like the rest of them had, and then a fourth movie where they wrap up everybody's story. 
story because doing Rocket's origin and wrapping up the character arc for every single other character was just a it, lot. It did feel like they they were trying to put a lot. This in movie's here. almost two and a half James, hours long. James Gunn is almost right. James Gunn's done right, and so he needs to say all the things he yeah. needs to say. And then I so uh, the 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 things that the two biggest things I have a problem with are first of all, I think this movie has uh, what I what I called and what we put on the, the website. Somebody else wrote the story, but I I pitched the headline. Uh, which was this movie? This movie bad. This movie has a Man of Steel problem, uh, and what I mean by that is Man of Steel famously got a lot of flack because the third act is just full of endless destruction with no uh, thought whatsoever about what's actually happening. Like Metropolis gets fucking destroyed, and there's no real rec- uh, like recognition of the human life that is lost. Like there's entire skyscrapers that fall and this was such a big problem at the time that since then if you watch blockbusters you'll notice that there's always some acknowledgement of why like, they have to they're vacate. evacuating the city or like yep. everyone has to get out of here so there that there are the, no dead people yeah or at least a very limited amount yep. this movie did, and honestly they did it in dungeons and dragons yeah this movie however uh apparently didn't give a shit because they destroy an entire planet's worth of these human animal hybrids and it doesn't matter like it's it, it was so frustrating to me. Like that planet is gone. But, but hey, save the animals but, but, on the ship. And that's the other thing is there's this big push of them acknowledging that wait a minute, maybe the things that we think aren't are mo- are monsters aren't actually monsters, and they're more scared of us than no, we no, are of them. But, but not down on the planet. Not yet. Fuck them. Don't worry about those. Also, I uh, don't. But wasn't also, that let, the whole point of how evil the high evolutionary is, though. Right. Okay. But that's that's the thing, though. Is like, so you have this set up, and like the idea is that like you're you're giving things that might seem like monsters a second chance, you know. But now that that kind of reframes the entire franchise in a sense of because in the first, the, in the second movie, the opening scene is them fighting one of those uh, abelisk monsters that they tame at the end of this movie. And they're having a real good fucking time doing it. And so now, like, you're, if you're reframing all this stuff, then how do you draw the line as to which characters that are trying to kill you are actually monsters and which ones should you be trying to redeem? Oh, like, why can't you talk to Warpig and being like, hey, what are you doing? Like, don't do this. Like, no, they could have and haven't said. Yeah, instead they, they just, they, and, and well, they have I, a whole, I, they have I, a I, whole I, single take hallway scene where all they're doing is brutally killing high evolutionaries monsters. Where is the line drawn? To give monsters a second chance, I, they're I, not I, monsters I, you anymore. You know what? No, I think I think the line is they're trying to kill them. So were the abelisks. Yeah, but but then they stopped and they're like, "Wait a minute, let's... Mantis has nothing no, other than to like tame people through her." I, that didn't bother me at all. It, like, in yeah. in that room, though, they were pushed to the point yeah, where they were. Like, I, I, we cannot they, win, so let's the try something different. The only thing else we have is Mantis. Yeah. Hopefully, doing something. That, I didn't, hey, bo- that hey, didn't bother me. If that worked for you, fine. But it creates a weird moral gray zone, and it, it kind of I, I, I it's, it, it creates a lot of problems, not just in Guardians, but in the entirety of the universe, as far as acknowledging when villains are actually but villains. The, the, the Guardians were like upset that he, they that uh, uh, the High Evolutionary was going to essentially kill everyone on. on I know that's not my point, though. My point is is that it just happens. And like it's just it's it's fine. Like 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 no one actually. There's no real acknowledgement or sadness of an entire planet of of people being destroyed. But I thought that was the whole point of the high evolutionary is the the, the when he finds a more perfected being, he gets rid of the ones before that. I know. I, I don't but, understand what you're what you're. I, I, I don't understand what didn't what didn't resonate there then. 
What do you mean that didn't resonate? What I'm Why saying you- is, is there's there's not enough recognition of how much like death there is in this movie. An entire planet is destroyed, and the heroes just shrug it off. I don't, know. I don't I, think they just shrugged it so off. I, I, I don't. They agree did. With it. What do you mean they just shrugged but, it off? But there's no. Went, but, there's, but it wasn't preventable by them, though. Like that's yeah, what, what were they I supposed think, to do? Th- exactly. I think there's a big difference between as like we. Soon as that my point is, my out, point is, the gone. body count is unnecessarily high, and there's a big disparity between making you care about the microcosm of characters that is the Guardians of the Galaxy and not giving a shit about the rest but, of the see, galaxy. I never thought about it like them not giving a shit. I thought that they they looked at it like, oh my god. There's literally nothing we can do here because the Other high evolutionary, stop the high ha- evolutionary. Ha- has done this, but we can't we can't save this planet, so we're gonna save everything off the ship that we can. We gotta right? stop the madman. Right? I didn't I didn't look at it like they were d- it disparaging it, the, the It didn't the work people. for me. There, Did you a, want them to do funerals for all of everyone first or no? No, but it's it's, just, it's they should have made it seem like it mattered. Like four billion moments of silence? It didn't it didn't seem like it, it didn't seem like it mattered in the grand grand scheme of things. There's there was such a focus on the big loud action set pieces of the fucking red Borg cube or whatever the, the, the fuck it is. And like, it just, no, nothing felt like it had any weight to it. That uh, what that, that didn't involve just, the guard. I, I, I think I, you can't I, I focus thought. on everything. And so they, they had to focus on certain things. You can though. Cause it's your fucking movie. And you, but, like, we're already two and a half hours. Yeah. In, but like, I don't know that they could literally but, have and, a and moment for this, those. The, you know, I didn't feel that beasts. way. I did not feel that way. I felt like, uh, there was enough acknowledgement that, uh, I, I, I can't, Nebby, Maybe it was Nebula that said he's going to destroy the whole planet. We've got to do something, something like that. You know, like, like th- there was an acknowledgement that this is going to be really bad, right? Um, but I also understand them saying, well, as soon as that ship is leaving, he's already detonated the planet. Nothing we can do now, right? Like, like we and, have to do what we can to save the. So my my problem, my problem is both on a character level and on a screenwriting level. Is it feel it feels it feels unnecessary and it feels I would have felt that way if at the end they see these animals in the cages and they're like Rocket, we gotta go. There's nothing we can do. I felt like at the end they're showing you they care. Like here the 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 ship or whatever is going down and Rocket's not gonna leave without these, you know, dumb animals salvaging what they can it wasn't and and, it wasn't enough and the kids and the you know all these all these things and they're like nope and and right quill almost dies it's a dumb almost death i give you that but he almost dies again these kind of things saving these creatures because they care Right and 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 so I I didn't I guess I just didn't see it that way Uh, yeah I did it did it just Brett it just didn't hit us like that buddy no it's fine it's fine this movie is very disappointing for me (laughs) I know you really hated this and I'm I'm upset I think you I really do think you need to see it again I didn't and I the thing I I don't say I don't feel like I hated it I think I have a lot of well the words that you're saying (laughs) I have I have a lot of the words you're saying are disagreeing with you no I have a lot of problems with it and I think that they're problems that could have easily been fixed too. But I just I I'm I'm frustrated with it because this was a franchise that I loved and yeah. I I wanted to it to go out on a high note for me and it just didn't and it's doing very well right people are going to see this film which I I'm glad uh, I think it did very well the first weekend right it it didn't quite do as well as Guardians two did but it's, okay. it's done okay but it's a different world now let's be honest it's doing yeah that, that's what that's a big it's part doing of what it is. better than Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania did right which um, Brad likes better than this movie probably. I like I like I like that film too, but I like this one better. Again, this, you know, what, guys, and again, not to get too like too sad, psycho, you know, analytical. Um, after 
this is why Peter Peter Quill is always kind of so. We we joke about dead parents. I have a dead mom. My mom died a lot younger than Brad's did. My mom's and, still alive. Or sorry, his dad did. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, my parents are both still alive. But you you spend your life wondering where your family and home is then, right? And so what I, what I loved about this is I think that's what James Gunn was doing this whole time is he's got this ragtag group of people and they actually find the home. Here's the sad thing: at the end, they realize we still got to go our own separate ways. Um, and so honestly, at the end, none of them died. I was still really sad because I thought you finally found your home. You finally found each other and you're all going your separate ways. That was a very emotional part of the movie that I didn't think was going to be that emotional. For yeah. Me. Like, like, and, and, and again, I, I, I still wished somebody would have died because I think it would have been a more emotionally kind of complete type of story. Um, but I, I do feel like, you know, again, Rocket finding a family, finding his home, uh, you know, ending the story of the high evolutionary, which Nebula says was worse than what actually Thanos did to her, which is crazy. Um, and he built this family. He built, and they're leaving, and that that was still sad to me. No, and, uh, so Rocket was gone for most of this movie. He comes back. He he, you know, they they all uh, uh, coalesce and they do the thing, and then ten minutes later, he's. He, Oh, oh, we're losing. I'm losing yeah. everyone. Why, why are you going? That is right? the true emotional arc of this film is that Rocket has to deal with the fact that he was in the first uh, Guardians, was so guarded because of his past. And then th- he learns to love everybody. He's done for four fifths of the five, six of this movie. He's out. Yeah. He comes back and now they're disbanding. So he's losing his family. It's very again. James Gunn, right? He's it, it very is. He's yeah. leaving. Right? He's leaving. So, so that um, that ending scene of of what they needed to do, especially with Drax, you know, uh, in his own way, being like, "I have to protect Mantis because you're dumb and vulnerable," yeah. and it just didn't, you know, like that's not what I mean. It worked for me. That that scene works for me. It did. I did like the ultimate ending with the characters and how they went their own separate ways. Oh, and how, oh, fine. And how, and how they finally res- found how they resolved about it. Those arcs, because just because I like the idea of all these flawed people coming together, yep. finding each other, but then recognizing that. That the the happiness they found with each other was something that was only temporary because they were still running from their problems. Oh, good. And, so and Red loved the movie. Um, and one thing that I didn't like initially, but then I read something online that made me completely change my mind about it, and I like it a lot now. Did is, Ben or I write it? Definitely not. <laughs> was it was it one of my twits? No, that's that's never happened, <laughs> uh, and it will never happen. Um, Sometimes I tweet and you like them. Yeah, but like that's different than like having a. Profound... He never likes my tweets and it pisses me off because I'm like I literally have a one man audience I'm writing for. I me just too. Want Brad, to... me too. So every... I like every almost every one of your tweets I see. I really honestly, like me all. too. And you know what? For Brad, uh, if I get one out of every twenty seven, I've counted. Yep, I'm fine. I barely see your tweets. I know. Yeah, and thanks. we're we're over here saying out loud that we would like <laughs> you to try to pay more attention. You know how many people I follow on Twitter? This is what I'm saying. Nate and I are actively trying to support each other. And you, as the third member of the group, you would think that maybe you use Twitter for fun. For me, it's part of my job. Oh. Which honestly, Nate, it makes it more important that you look out for us. So you're not, and it feels disingenuous. At All the right. very at the very end, uh, when everyone is saying saying goodbye, uh, and Groot speaks, and he's, you hear him say, "I love you guys." Did you not like that in the beginning? I did not like that. I didn't either. I was like, I was like, I thought, why would you why would you change it? Like you think that that's cool, but it's not. Then I read something, uh, an interpretation of it that if even I, I imagine this is what was intended because they do yep. make a point of it in the movie. Uh, throughout the entire movie, Gamora 2.0 from the past, 
doesn't understand Groot because she's not on the level with him. She's not cool with him. And then at the very end, when she's nice with everybody and like on the kind of on the same terms, she can understand him suddenly. At the end of this movie, we've been going through this journey with the Guardians of the Galaxy. We don't understand um, what Groot says. At the very end, we understand what Groot says because we're part of the we're family. Of the family so yeah. so yeah, he I, said I, that's, he, that's he nice. said I am Groot. He said I'm Groot, but we, we understand, understand him yeah. now. And well, I, a, I a nice like that interpretation a lot. of yeah. that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I think that's probably what he intended. Yeah, because J- James Gunn isn't known for that level of cheese, just to yeah. throw that in there. So I can understand him though, though he does like that kind of allegory type of or th- that kind of like you know no, meaningful display i never i d- would have ever thought that by the way and i like yeah that. I like it's that. Uh, uh, someone i he's a colleague and a friend jermaine lucier he used to write for slash film now he writes at uh, a site called io9 it's a big sci-fi site yeah I've heard um uh, he he wrote about it and he even said that he thought it was kind of a no-brainer thing but when he talked to some friends afterwards they were like oh no i didn't even like think about that and then and that's why he wrote the article so I, after i read that i was like yeah because like i'm like there's not, he's not growing as a as a species and you can now speak actually i was talking to bailey about it and i was like um it would have been great because honestly i didn't understand that aspect of it now that i see that okay but before i was like man it would have been awesome they would like like he was trying to learn a different language <laughs> you know like maybe you just like, like he's over here like trying with rocket to speak and it's not working <laughs> and that would have been a good you know you know lead up to this oh wait i'm an idiot yeah no we so, know i just understand so him. what do you guys think are they going to make another guardians nope. obviously with different characters but use some of these same ones i honestly don't i mean if they do i think it's going to be a while uh i feel like i feel like if anything that that mid credit scene that shows Rocket and Groot with Adam Warlock and uh, Kraglin and one of the kids that they save and I think that that's more of like an epilogue of showing like look like they're gonna they're be fine. O- they're gonna be okay gonna be good. and yeah there's still Guardians out there and and maybe they'll come back I don't think they have a set set plan or anything like that yet because at the end doesn't it say like the legendary Star Lord will return well so th- so, so, so that's return. an interesting thing because uh, there there is a comic book arc where uh, Peter Quill returns to Earth and has like a more low key mundane kind of story because he has on said Middleton low key he has said uh, mate Chris you Pratt, almost laughed fuck you Chris Pratt has said that he would like you. to return uh, he's up to even yeah, yeah, without James of course Gunn. he is. Uh, well, some of them. I mean, obviously, Zoe Saldana. Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, he's fine. Zoe Saldana said she's done. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Dave Bautista said he's done. Yeah. Um. Uh, though yeah, Karen, Chris Brett was to Karen hold Gillen on to said she wants to keep on doing this character. She Vin, Vin Diesel said the movies. <laughs> so there, there are enough. I mean, there are enough of the characters that I think would be interested if the right, you know. But I can also see him in maybe visiting some other you know um the marvels are going to space these kind of things and you you can i think i think yeah i think like it's open-ended for like he'll show up for some of those characters to to show up and whatnot but yeah i i think the a lot of the other primary guardians were were it would be interesting though you you bring up a good point uh now that uh star lord uh, is back on earth would be interesting to see him visit a Spider-Man universe, like you know. I mean, they know each other. You it, know, right? if, if he's truly on Earth, you could see so many things happening. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah. so it, it could be interesting, you know. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I come on down to the Star Lord Diner. That's what he's doing with his grandpa. Guardians of the Galaxy franchise is, is yeah, chef. done for now, and uh, we'll see what happens in the future of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right, let's talk about some trailers. We did watch some trailers. This is a television, film, and trailer podcast. It's not, though. It's just movies. The first one... We're going to talk about is Gran Turismo. Which I've never played. What? 
I don't play video games. No, I have no, I actually I tried to play this so when I was younger, but it was very hard. <laughs> I crashed a lot. Yeah, it was just a, it was the kind of racing game where like you had to get your license and stuff first. <laughs> oh, so it was like it was like they they made the game to be too, as realistic real. as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah, and right. I was just like, fuck this. So it says <laughs> it says based on a true story. Uh, yeah, I don't know I that part it. of it. Yes, oh, I did look it up. Here we go. It is absolutely so, based so on so a the true story. Buckle up. The trailer is that uh, a young man uh, is so good at playing the game Gran Turismo, mm-hmm. that, racing games that the uh, the actual racing people are like, hey, we're gonna have a contest, and if you're really that good, we'll put you in a real car and let you race for real. Yeah, and this kid evidently does it, and they're getting a bunch of other like e gamers, like you know these scrawny nerdy kids who are good at video games to come try it out. You got David Harbor playing like the person who the, the racing coach. team owners like ask him to like get them into shape and teach them. So Nate, do you have the actual backstory here? Yeah, so it is based on Jan Mardenborough, of course, uh, a British professional racing driver competing in the Japanese Super GT series. In 2011, he became the third and youngest winner of the GT Gran Turismo uh, Academy competition, beating 90,000 entrances or entrants. He was rewarded with a drive for Nissan at the Dubai 24-hour race. Subsequently, he competed in the Formula 3 European Championship, the GP3 Series, and the GP2 So you're series. saying to me that a, a man that, that played video games actually beat out 90,000 other people to become a professional race car driver. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he's, you know, the top of the game kind of guy. But, but yes, he's, yes. he's doing it, though. To race in those alone. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Makes you a real racer. Yeah. So what do you guys think about this trailer? I think it looks... I want to see it. It looks infinitely better than I thought it ever yeah. could. It's a cool premise. It has uh, a Days of Thunder vibe to it. It has an underdog sports sports feel to it. But it has humorous uh, David Harbour in it, though, too. Yeah. Like, some, some good comedy, it looks like, as well. Yeah. It's, I hope it's as good as Need for Speed. <laughs> God, it's one of the worst movie experiences we've ever had. It, it's a terrible, terrible movie. Um, but yeah, I th- I think this looks pretty good. Honestly, I I I'm I'm interested. That this yeah. this trailer intrigued me. It's the first time in a long time where I've seen a trailer that like may actually like I was like, oh, you know what? I, this I agree. actually yeah. is pretty good. A trailer Pre- that you know nothing about. You read the premise online. You're like, no. And you yeah. see the trailer. Like, oh wait, wait. I actually might. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It also has. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. It also has ginger spice in here. Of course it does. She's the the mom. Are you serious? Yeah, ginger spice. Do you, oh. Did you like ginger spice? God, did I like ginger spice? <laughs> Easy. Let's cut all this. Next up on the trailer talk, I <laughs> so Brad is erect. Brad is fully erect right now, I and could, I can't. I could not wait to get my hands on. The okay. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna stop you there, Jim. We're gonna stop you there to save you. Everybody, all those Twitter followers. Yeah, we want cancel you to Brad. We want you to keep those whoa. Twitter followers. <laughs> On the Playboy <laughs> with ginger spice in it. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, al- almost fine. as bad right. as <laughs> what you were about to say. Grand Turismo. No, no, that's what that's what I was gonna say. Is I I I was very much attracted to Jerry Halliwell. Yeah, we all were, Brad. During <laughs> you're making it sound <laughs> no, really no, weird. Guys, no, like, guys, hold like on, hold on. This weird crush hold on. on a girl that everyone found hey, a break. to get my hands on the Playboy. It was, she was featured. <laughs> She was in a pit. It's a good thing we have her. It's a good thing we yeah. What you had her in a pit like in Silence of the Lambs. No, no, I just wanted the magazine to jerk off to. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> by the way, Gran Turismo comes out August 11th. So you got yeah, you, you, you got plenty of time to find that old Playboy. <laughs> the second trailer we're going to talk about is Dune Part Two, 
which is the second Dune movie. <laughs> uh, did you guys see Dune Part Un? Yes, I did. I did. And what did you think? Well, I, I liked it better than I thought, but I don't care about the Dune series at all. I was waiting for Tune. Dune. Dune, 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 Dune. Anyway, um, ba- so Bailey and I sat together, watched this trailer tonight, and we we paused it like ten seconds in, and we go, "Oh God, we're definitely gonna have to watch the first one." You've not seen it? No, no, we watched the first one. Meaning, but they uh, forgot. I forgot everything that's yeah, happened. No, like, I can't exact- tell you anything. I about- felt the same way. Like, uh, I feel like people that know the Dune series or the stories know what's happening in this trailer i don't i had no idea <laughs> and not, not except even... i understand i understand oh they weren't in the first one timothy chalamet <laughs> like... he was in the first one yeah. oh, oh no 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 zendaya she was in the, it's the first one david Pugh's in here and i'm like what the fuck everything else was like i gotta watch the first one again but like, the, not even, even people like film twitter is fucking jerking off over this movie like like it's uh jerry hallowell's playboy no. <laughs> uh, um, that's a callback friends but i from 10 seconds ago but it's uh, i i wasn't a big fan of the first dune not that i disliked it i was just like oh yeah this is a perfectly serviceable sci-fi movie yeah it wasn't memorable for me yeah though. i wasn't over the moon for it but yeah people in film twitter circles stuff like that are just crazy for the first dune and are so excited for this one and like some some of them are people who know the book but others are just people who just really liked uh, the first movie and like Denny Villeneuve as an, a director too so and, I mean the cast is a who's who right it is a who's who's cast um, there's some incredible talent in this cast especially young talent but like there's nothing I will see this film I don't know if I'll see it in the theater I would I would literally need to watch the first one right before yeah, I agree, I agree. You know, this, and I'm not the best person for this because I would need to see a lot of the Star Wars stuff before I go to watch the new Star Wars because I don't remember a lot, what, what, especially if I haven't seen it in a few years. But this specifically, I'm like, oh my God, I, I don't know what's going on in this trailer at all. He's riding a sandworm. Clearly. Big. Uh, tr- tremors too. Big worm. Big perm. Big worm, big perm. Friday. So I'm fine with it. I, I mean, the first one we watched it, it was fine. See it in the theater or no? No, I'll wait. I'm going to see it in theaters. More excited to see this or Gran Turismo? I mean, I don't know that you can compare the two, but no, I know. But which, I'm, I'm, sure I'm more excited to see Gran Turismo. I wouldn't only because it seems like a film I would like more. I wouldn't say I'm more excited for Gran Turismo. Um, uh, here's what I'll say: um, I I will see Dune two, but I have a feeling going in, like as soon as I press play, I'm like, all right, well, this is gonna be kind of boring, but I'll I'll watch it. <laughs> like I I'm just it's not one of those excited. Where it's like it. I know I should watch it, right. so I'll it's watch gonna it. be. Talent. I will bet. Honestly, you- Blade Runner twenty forty nine was the same thing for me. I know I needed to see it. I know everybody's gonna fucking jack off on this thing and think it's the best thing ever. It's gonna be boring as fuck, and I'm, there's gonna be allegories. That, that was I'd better sit through. That it. was dry for me. It was way. so dry as fuck. I mean, there's I been get more it. jacking off talk in this podcast than I was expecting. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you, is you that am, am I wrong? What was was Blade Runner twenty forty nine? the best thing you've ever seen no no I, I, it's not the best thing i've ever seen but you're talking to the wrong person because i fucking love blade runner 2049 <laughs> so. but, but like why it's just it, first it, visually it's stunning sure i i appreciate i agree with that i appreciate the nuanced character work i i like that it leaned away from doing what other legacy sequels hadn't which is not necessarily um making it interesting no it's like no no like i i i appre- you want to watch it again i appreciated that it was more more intimate and more quiet and it was it did lean into what the first blade runner was because the first blade runner isn't an action heavy sci-fi blockbuster and no. i and i wanted more of that i'm glad it didn't turn into a, a blockbuster action franchise i think we should have left well enough alone the but, first one was great 
because of what it was, and I'm not sure that I wanted to see that same movie again. I am it's, willing. It's not for you. It's for people who appreciate cinema. I am willing to bet a cold, nice, crisp twenty dollar bill that Ben, you're gonna like Gran Turismo better than you'll like Dune Two. Tune. Dune. <laughs> no, I mean, I just the epic nature of movies like this. I I respect them. I just a lot of times it's just it's. It's just boring. It's not for everybody. It's and just I, it's, boring. It's one of those films where I need to watch it with somebody you know, that's, that knows what's going on because I'm like, who is that? Have they? Oh, been wh- in this why movie? is the Prince of the Sand <laughs> sad about his song being sung? Did I miss something? Oh, oh, the <laughs> king's gesture is is sneaking this prince away. That's Who's crazy. That guy, I thought he was dead already. It's not oh. fucking Prince of Persia. That's what it sounds like. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry you don't understand sci-fi worlds, you noob. I? Why don't you go play Madden 2005? Ew. Yeah. No. <laughs> Travis Kelsey wannabe. Yeah, seriously. You got a big big L- football game later? Listen, I'll do that any given Sunday, and I think you know. Ugh. Yeah? Ugh. Well, that's it, guys, <laughs> for this podcast. Uh, we hope you like movies. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we like to have fun here. Sorry if there's too much jacking off talk. Um, <laughs> hey, let me promise because I know a lot of our listeners love our games. We will have a game next week. Yes. I will make sure of it. Actually, I wrote one uh, as well. Uh, so we'll have two games next week. No, I mean, well, we can play your game. I won't have to write one, but like, yeah, no, no. We'll, yeah let's do that. <laughs> no, you've already said that you're gonna write one, so we're no. Two, I was just games. saying I will make sure we have one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Ben's got one. Two yeah. games next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, Lingo, uh, Laffy Taffy, and Rub Tufts. Uh, those are our favorite. Rub Tufts. Yeah, those are our favorite podcast apps. Uh, be sure to give us five stars if you please. Uh, comment on our Facebook page. Check out our, our website. What is what is the website? Go Pod. Dot com. Dot com. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up, because I think on our website we can do this thing where we can take recorded messages and it sends it to us. I want to do uh, the best Ben Conowitz impression, oh, and they can record it and send it to no. us, and then we will play it on the podcast. I think that's a pretty good idea. All right. If, and if you want to do it, uh, maybe we'll, we'll give you a suggestion of what you, what you should say. Okay. Uh, I should be, hey guys, uh, it's me Ben Conowitz, and if you could really just uh, get some gutters and come to my arcade and play my pinball machines, I would really appreciate it. Thanks for everything. I'm Ben Conowitz. I cannot believe that you fucking talk like this. This is not what I sound like whatsoever. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Nah, cheating, eh?